My fellow Americans, we've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free. Every man, woman, and child had a right to a future of freedom. And it goes a little something like this. Tag team, back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tagline Podcast brought to you by Tag Strategies. This is a podcast about politics, pop culture, possibility, potential, what's coming up, and what we think of it. I am one of your co-hosts, as always, Aaron Perini, joined, as always, by Christian McMullen. Christian, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Thursday before a long weekend. Like, yeah, buddy. We're making it. Oh, Everyone's making it. So excited. And I mentioned this to you, and it can kind of segue into our first topic here, but I was driving down King Street, and there's a bar on King Street here in Alexandria near our office that has a Bill's flag outside. Took a lot in me to not veer off the road and hit it. And we're recording this on Thursday, one week to kick off. Yep. Yeah, very big. Very UConn big. football is atrocious. The Yankees are really not playing well right now. I could use a little bit of victory in my life, and I hope it is my New York Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And we will start um, just very briefly at the top of the podcast to talk about the Buffalo Bills releasing punter uh, Matt Ariza. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, there are allegations and currently a lawsuit filed against Matt Ariza, um, revolving, involving, um, a potential rape case in California when he was in college. Um, it's currently just a civil suit. There are no, um, charges filed as of yet. I know that the case has been sent to the district attorney to decide if they're going to file charges. Um, for me on this, just from a Buffalo Bills fan perspective is I have a lot of questions about the decision-making that happened in the front office at one Bills drive. Um, there seemed to be teams in the NFL that ahead of the draft had heard about this, about these allegations um, because the lawsuit had not been filed. The lawsuit was just recently filed, um, but they knew before the draft and the Bills said that they didn't know before the draft. So I don't understand how they wouldn't have had that information. Why Bean Brandon Bean didn't have that information. Um, and then the bill said that they didn't know about this until July, even though information had already become public in June. So again, why is one bill's drive not on top of this? And um, that they said that they did a thorough investigation and then they decided to release a rise up. But again, the timing on that seems suspect because as they're saying, they did a thorough and complete investigation. They're claiming that they don't know some of the information or the timing on it. Um, I'm just more disappointed in how the front office handled this um, because if the information had been available, we shouldn't have never drafted him um, because a lot that goes into like bringing players into um, an organization, like there are mental tests and there are like big background searches and there's all this stuff that goes, especially when you go to a combine or you go to the draft. Um, and it seems like the bills were just a step behind on this. And if, if, there's no reason the front office should have not been on top of this. And it seems like they weren't. And for me, that is hugely disappointing because Brandon Bean is a good general manager. He isn't afraid to like lose money um, on some players, right? Like OJ Howard, when we just released him, he just walked away with like $3 million yep. and we're not afraid to do that. Like sometimes I don't always agree with Bean. I'm really disappointed in the lack of what seems like candor and appropriate action taken by the front office. So. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of problems, and not to rehash like a ton of them, but yeah, I mean, the, the the head coach was on a podcast talking about how great he was after already 
knowing uh, as a the person they know. yeah, knowing knowing on this just a the ton of questions it's it's not surprising given what we know about professional sports unfortunately that, know. you know teams um but you know and i think a lot of questions were raised too because obviously this was someone who fell kind of in the draft to the later the yeah, sixth round. round the first punter went off the board in the fourth round and it was because the other round. teams say they right like so it's wow. yeah it's a it's it's one of those things too where i think there's just there's a lot of questions and it's one of the in a year where obviously the expectations are high the buffalo bills are the betting favorite to win the super bowl um you know it's it's frustrating that this is sort of becoming you know a a major kind of headline ahead of this i don't and uh i, I think could have could have been handled a lot better and a lot differently and it's it's super disappointing when it's your own team it's one like we yeah. we watched we watched i mean the entire league 31 teams watched the browns do what they did with Deshaun Watson and kind of say this is really 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 terrible and it's it it and it is terrible Deshaun yep. Watson should not be in the league yeah equally bad well no i i I, you do, I don't want to like claim equivalencies on either of these. Yeah, that's that's one of the big things. Um, but equally bad from a PR perspective. Totally. Like yeah. You know, e- frustrating. It shouldn't be allowed. Yep. Like the ML, like major league sports have a huge problem when it comes to their ability to draw a line on what they do or don't think is acceptable behavior from players. Yeah. Um, and they try to like live in this gray area, and I can understand that because not everything is black and white but they need to find a better way to handle these things. And I hope that this changes how information is shared ahead of drafts. Yeah. I think that there needs to be an overhaul that like, if this kind of information is available to one team, it needs to be available to every team in the league at the same time. And I understand, especially like I understand that they all try to play a little bit more inside and everybody wants to get their little slice of information and maybe hold it. But when it comes to this kind of thing, I hope that the NFL decides to handle this differently moving forward. Yeah. And it's, it's annoying to see, I think, a lot of people will, will understand that there's a like the punter is an incredibly less it's a lot less valuable position than yeah. quarterback and I think that's why Deshaun Watson is sitting out for yes. like games only mm-hmm. and Matt Ariza is probably dead. out of the league. Yep. As of right now, he's not on anybody's 53 man roster. Yeah, cuz I mean with the problem with his story is you know even if he's not tied it's, it's so to bad. yeah, I mean There's an LA Times article online just Google Matt Ariza LA Times. You should read it. It gives a really thorough TikTok of everything that has happened so far. Yeah. We don't need to get in the nitty gritty details no. of it, but um, it's it, the allegations are horrific. If he's not guilty of the worst allegations, his the baseline is incredibly yes, bad on horrific. his part. Yeah. It's there's, all there's, horrific. It's It involves a 17-year-old, um, which is a minor. Like, it, it's not good. So read it, but um, hopefully this does bring about some change in how the NFL handles this kind of situation. Yeah. And hopefully we get a lot more answers as the season kind of goes on. Yeah. I hope so as well. Well, we'll pivot to another team sports MLB. Um, at least 20 major league baseball teams have supported gender firm affirming procedures for minors. So they have supported organizations that support gender affirming care for minors, minors, at least 20 teams. Uh, and this seems to be a pattern of rep- this is a repetitive pattern for MLB where, and I would say this to any corporate entity, don't get, be very careful of philanthropy or community involvement or, or, or support outside of your MLB organization, because this is them giving money to organizations that have then turned or supporting organizations that have then turned around and support these type of things. Um, you need to be more careful. And MLB has a history of being on the wrong side of things, right? Last year, we all remember when MLB tried to move the all, well, they did, they moved the all-star game out of Georgia 
to Colorado to say that they were against the voting rights legislation in Georgia, which actually increased voting and made it easier to vote and safer to vote um, where they took it to Colorado, which has stricter laws. And I think for MLB, one big thing they need to do is they need to clean in-house before they start peddling around in the outside world. And I know that I talked to you guys about this a little bit earlier, but in 2020, there were about, about 5,000 baseball operation jobs in Major League Baseball. Of that, 225 of them went to women. And of that 225, one woman is a general manager in Major League Baseball. She's the general manager of the Miami Marlins, in large part thanks to Derek Jeter because she worked with Jeter at the New York Yankees. She had been in MLB for 30 years, working her way up the ranks to be able to become a general manager. When you see men of in their 20s and their 30s, Theo Epstein types, these younger, you know, wonder kid type baseball people be able to become general managers much quicker. Listen, I'm not saying that you need to hire someone for a position because they're a woman, but I cannot actually believe in my heart of hearts that there are only 225 women and that there is only one woman in the entire country who's qualified and an appropriate and the best choice to be a general manager in Major League Baseball. I just can't believe that. And so MLB needs to really start worrying about equality within their own business before they start trying to pander outside. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these donations probably come as a result of these kind of like targeted PR campaigns where, you know, people get almost, you see these groups, whether it's, it's corporations on the larger scale or, or MLB teams or sports teams in general, where they sort of like something happens and they're almost browbeaten into like donating to certain causes, yeah. whether or not they like, and it's it kind of becomes the easy PR play say, Hey, we're going to just support the, one of the first five charities that they probably search on Google, the PR people search mm -hmm. on Google to like support the cause check the box, move on sort of thing. And you don't ultimately realize where, you know, where that money is going. And, and when you're dealing with, you know, kind of especially rapidly changing um, landscapes, mm -hmm. you see a lot of that stuff. And it's, again, it's not just MLB. I mean, the, the kind of ESG movement in general, like the, the corporate wokeness and mm -hmm. like leading down the path. I don't think people have a genuine understanding of how, how far that money can actually go mm -hmm. and what it can actually mean. And, um, you know, at some point I think there's going to have to be a reckoning kind of on, on that front, but. Yeah. I mean, I just think that when it comes to this type of thing, you see so few women in sports at the highest level. Um, and I just can't, I truly, like I said, I cannot believe that they would not be qualified for that. And businesses need to be careful in their wokeness because it will come back and bite you. You, you need to be careful in what you're putting into the outside world and what you're supporting because it is very easy to alienate part of your, your, your constituency. Yep. Um, okay. What's next? Uh, so we talked the last podcast about California and their regulators, uh, ban on electric vehicles starting in 2035 and just this week, because of course it did the same California regulators have asked, uh, individuals across the state not to charge their electric vehicles because they're short on energy, which is one of the quicker, like prove point proven, uh, things that we've had had on this podcast. We talked earlier in the week about California being a state that runs short on energy, uh, because of the, you know, their, their massive focus on renewables and, and turning away from traditional sources and took all of three days. Um, no reason to, no reason to think again, that they're going to be able to, to fix that. And, uh, Yeah. It's kind of one of those beautiful shot chaser moments that we have on the internet. Yeah. So they, uh, 
you know, they say, oh, we're going to move to, you know, no more selling gas vehicles, but oh, we still don't have the energy and the infrastructure to meet the needs of today's Californians. They don't have an energy grid that can supply their current residents. So they're saying like unplug appliances, turn things off, use a fan, uh, turn your air conditioning up to 78 because they can't support right now. But hey, why don't we go ahead and, you know, in the future, chuck a few more million cars onto the grid that we got to charge because these aren't solar powered cars. They're electric cars. And what does that mean? Got to plug the old bad boy in and charge up. So now what? What's going to happen to those people who can't find a spot to charge their car? Because, you know, California says, well, we want you to drive a car that you can't use. Yep. It, what are they going to cut a hole in the floor and start flintstoning it around California? Yep. It's a good idea. Completely renewable energy, you little feet. Yeah, but dabba don't. Not very fast. That's right. Thank you. I'll see myself out. That That's was good. the best joke I've ever made. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but dabba don't. God. Um, we should just end right now. Just yeah, hang it up. Go over ahead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, again, like like we talked about. Go woke, go broke. Yeah. If you're a sports team or you're a state, look at what happens. Everything that goes woke goes to shit. Yep. And to not even favor, again, hybrids or like vehicles mm-hmm. that frankly, again, offer you an alternative because if they're t- like, I understand that the, the woke on the people on the left are going to say, well, it's voluntary and you know, just don't charge it if you don't need it. If you're not going to use your car, don't charge it this weekend. That's fine. But here's the problem about cars. You never know when you're going to have an emergency and yes. you need it. Yes. It's not like it's not. It's just not feasible. And it, the other oh. day on Fox and Friends, Ducey and Kilmeade were talking about California's ban on uh, you know, the ban on gas-powered cars. And I think it was Ducey was like, well, what about a hydrogen car? And Kilmeade was like, aren't those highly flammable? <laughs> like the Hindenburg? Yeah, <laughs> like it's... you hit one of those and it explodes. <laughs> but fair point. Yeah. No. And again, it's one thing if you live in LA and everything's fine and you can just call an Uber and be wherever you need. If there's or an you've got a good subway system, right? Exactly. Like, but I wouldn't even get on the subway in New York wanna, at this point. Don't even get or started in on California and trains. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> billion dollars of bullet trains. And we've no, no, none, not, yeah, not I mean, you're going to have to bicycle everywhere or Flintstone. That's it. That's what you get. California. Enjoy your beautiful coastline. Cause you can't get anywhere. Yeah. But what if you're in the, in the desert or the mountains and your test. Well, should have thought about that before you moved to communist California. Anyway. All right, next. Uh, We got a little bit of collusion here. Facebook and the Biden administration arranged weekly and monthly calls to discuss what should be censored on the platform. Hot dog, hot diggity dog. Yeah. It's not surprising. Yeah, put this in the category of news that I was like, didn't we already... It's it's, It It was assumed. Yeah, it's in the category of like, either I've already read this article... Or just, I'm just, of course, like it wasn't even a question. Zuckerberg literally in his Rogan podcast basically said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Well, for this, I think it's actually hilarious because they're talking about misinformation and disinformation and what should be categorized and censored. A, that's not Facebook's place. Facebook is supposed to be a, like a pub, a platform, not a publisher. And yep. so if they are deciding to suppress, they are now falling outside of the confines of section 230, 230 of the communications decency act. So you can claim ignorance, right? Which is what social media companies do to say, Hey, we're just a platform. We we're not a publisher. We're not a content provider. We are only a platform that allows opportunity, but then they're working with the federal government to remove and censor information 
that is would benefit one party over the other because I got to tell you, I got no reason to believe that Joe Biden and Democrats wouldn't be pushing to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story or any number of things that would actually raise questions, not only about Joe Biden's ethics, about Joe Biden's honesty or about the failures of him as the president of the United States. So this doesn't like this should actually worry people because what it is telling you is these platforms are trying to be arbiters of truth and they're not because what they are actually doing is peddling for a political party and an agenda. And that is suppressing your access to information. There is wide polling that exists that shows there are plenty of Democrats who would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop story and the fact that let's be honest, the big guy is probably Joe Biden. So every time he said he didn't know anything about Hunter's story or Hunter's business dealings, flat out freaking lie. Yeah. But good news. You've got the most powerful industries in the world on your side. So who cares about honesty? The other thing that I always come back to when it comes to these big tech things and they, you know, talk about how, how dangerous the, the misinformation is from these genuine users. But when you look at all of all, basically every website, every social media company, anything that pays for advertising, the, some of the advertisements you see on these sites are wild. Like they're like all kinds of fake claims and stuff all over the place. Rampant basic on sometimes even very reputable, reputable websites. And like, it's, yeah, it's just frustrating to see, you know, the focus kind of on be on these, on these posts and, you know, when like it's, it's pr kind of a problem everywhere, but where obviously they're bringing in money, I think there's a lot less concern right. than, you know, blocking, you know, people's actual posts and the things that the website was supposed to be used for. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's just totally backwards. And I, I you see these things obviously it's about the bottom line like it's never not been about the bottom line mm -hmm. but to see to see kind of the arrogance of like well we believe in this and we believe in that on you know we need to be it needs to be everything yeah you, making themselves the arbiter of the truth when like again you can easily buy something from their platforms that is completely a fake knockoff yeah awful terrible product available like again how many fake products are on instagram and facebook mm -hmm. and all yeah it's just, it's just, it's just, it's so disingenuous. And again, but like toss it in the category of it's one surprising. thing that I would love to see from an elected official is an actual idea on how to handle section two thirty. Everybody talks about it, yep. but I haven't seen one actual concrete plan that has that, that I haven't seen a plan from anybody to, for people to be able to pursue, to be able to stand up and say, that makes sense. Now, listen, the federal government should not be putting a heavy hand on these things, but it's to the point where something needs to be done and who is the person that's going to be smart enough to step up and step in. It's not me. I'm, that's not, that's not my lane. I make yabba dabba do jokes. That's not, I'm not going to be out here fixing Facebook. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't go to school for this. No. I mean, yeah, I just said, come up with a plan. We'll try to sell it, but <laughs> <laughs> you put it together. I'll tell you why it's great. Yep. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, so reporting again, kind of on the list of things that we probably knew happened, uh, but uh, new reporting uh, shows uh, the pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading in young children. A national test showed that uh, the last two years, uh, nine-year-old school children are the most uh, kind of vulnerable. Um, this is really, really tough at a time where I think this has been on the decline for a while. I think like America's just genuine reading comprehension has decreased every so often. And yeah. it's, it's tough to see too in education, especially the shift to online school, what that has meant for children and mm -hmm. people 
when if they're doing compu- their homework on their laptop, all the answers are also on the home. Like, yeah, I don't know how that. I'm sure there's like some technology that they can like track what you're doing on your computer. Maybe, but we have an entire generation, and I have been saying this since the pandemic when teachers wanted to keep schools closed, when the administrators wanted to keep school closed. When the National Teachers Union was at the White House telling people to keep schools closed, which flies in the face of science and reason, I've been saying that we have an entire generation that will face a mental health crisis and an education crisis combined. We have set the youngest generation of Americans up for failure at this point. And you better believe that Randy Weingarten at the federal, you know, the National Teachers Union is almost as much to blame for this as Dr. Fauci and the Biden administration and everybody else. This is a direct result of an unelected bureaucrat bureaucrat in Dr. Fauci and the national teachers federation with whatever it's called with Randy Weingarten on, uh, preventing students from getting back into schools. They demanded that teachers be the first to get shots and then teachers didn't want to go back into the classrooms. And then they demanded remote learning, even though it's clearly been hurting students. And they demanded that we keep schools closed. And now we have an entire generation that will fail in America because of what these people did. And in November, the only way you write the course is you go vote Republican. Honest to God, because I can tell you this much, it's not a yes, there will be oversight of Fauci and he will be dragged up on the hill. And yes, I'm sure Randy will have her time up there as well. But you know what else it'll mean? It'll mean you'll have Virginia Fox probably sitting as chair of the education committee in the house. I, I think she's probably the next in command there because I think she's the ranker. It'll um, be if she gets a waiver. It'll be whether or not yeah, she gets a waiver. Because she had it before, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but you will have people that are in the House of Representatives who want to make sure that students have the best opportunity to get an education in this country. And they'll be focused on trying to make up the difference and the gap that has happened in education for students. And they will care about the student more than they will about the teachers' unions. And while Biden peddled to the teachers' unions, Republicans fought for students, and that's on the ballot in November as much as anything else. Yeah. Uh, the, The frustrating thing is, like, when it comes to losing time in schools... It's not like they're going to add an extra two years of school before people get to college. People are going to be coming to college less prepared. It's one of those problems where, like, I genuinely, I, do, I genuinely don't know how we fix it. And unfortunately, like, this is not ex- we are not exactly in a time or a culture that like optional summer school or like a lot of people are going to do like figure it out or fix it either. Like, right. No, um, they, they, there's there's no there's no acknowledgement right now that we are seeing anywhere in the country that says we are trying to make up the education gap. No. And then you have First Lady, you know, Dr. Jill Biden. Now, let's remember, she's not an actual doctor, folks. She's not a medical doctor. She's a PhD. Uh, she was in there, you know, talking about kids and schools and whatnot. And but we need somebody in the White House who actually knows about education, who actually wants to fight for the future of students. And hopefully whoever the next president and first lady are, hopefully 2024, we're looking at Republicans care as well about students to make sure that we're fighting for them because the department of education clearly doesn't care either, especially in this administration. Yep. As you can tell this, I don't even have kids, but this drives me nuts because the mental health crisis and, you know, when the pandemic started, a lot of child abuse is reported at schools. It's reported by teachers and aides who see kids Kids who come from lower income families were clearly going to be disproportionately hurt by school closures and their access to food, breakfast and lunch. A lot of kids, they only get two meals a day in lower income communities and it comes from being at school. But none of that seemed to have mattered to Democrats 
or to the CDC or to Randy Weigarten. No, it was all about power. And it is not about power. It is about the future. And those are the kids that you completely gave no craps about. Because if they cared about the kids, they would be standing up right now to say, how do we make up the gap and what do we need to do? And I don't hear a word out of that, out of the federal government or out of the teachers union. So I'm, I'm annoyed. Yeah. Um, Super right. frustrating. Yeah. What's next? Uh, speaking of annoying. <laughs> um, I love this. Seg- that was a good segue. Speaking of annoying. Uh, Meghan Markle and. Just hearing you say Meghan Pr- Markle almost made me spit some water out. Prince Harry's there. The. The long-awaited podcasts have arrived. We talked about that a little bit. They finally mm. showed up and did some work. But um, Did you say shut up or showed up? Showed up, but I would prefer them to shut up. <laughs> so they basically complained about how before they had jobs, podcasts paying them millions of dollars to barely do a So podcast. it's just Megan on the podcast right now. Yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah, heard yeah. here yet, although I'm sure he'll be there. Yeah, he'll point. be... I'm, Sure, he's got a lot to say. She's interviewed two people so far: Serena, or no, v- Serena Williams and Mariah Carey. Those yeah. are the two she's released. Yep. And it going big. Yeah. What'd she talk about? The people we really need to hear. Uh, so she basically they complained about how they at first at first coming from the royal family leaving optionally. Obviously, remember would not. It's true. They made choices. Uh, complained about how they didn't have a job and they couldn't afford the fifteen million dollar house they wanted. And yeah. they literally she did complain. Her direct quote: "We didn't have jobs." So we were not going to come in and see this house. It wasn't possible. It was like when I was younger and you wing window shopping. It's like, I don't want to go and look at all the things I can't afford. That doesn't feel good. Don't worry, though, guys. They got the house. Don't it's worry, all they totally got fine. It. Yeah, of course, they got their Montecito mansion. Shocking. Don't worry. Were you, sh- were you worried? Were you worried? Don't be. I was a little bit worried. Don't yeah, be. No, shockingly enough, they made tons of money. Again, royal family. Signed a couple of deals. Royal bing, family bing, finds millions of dollars. Added to the list of. Every single article we've talked <laughs> just, about today is not surprising at all. Let's just keep stating the obvious, folks. <sighs> um, it's sad when stating the obvious seems like such a radical notion. I, I just, I here's the thing. I used to be team Meghan Markle, and I think I've said this before. Um, if not here, I've definitely said it to people before, or at least in my head. I've definitely said this, but I don't feel bad for her anymore. I used to feel bad when I was like, you know what? That's got to be hard gotta be hard it does seem like they aren't necessarily warm and fuzzy to her um but i think she's coming off now as super manipulative and super distrustful and ambitious in the wrong way she's not ambitious for a better future she's ambitious for fame Mm -hmm. and it really makes her seem like she married a prince an actual prince And had him give up his title, his fortune, and his family so she could be more famous. And now she just looks horrific. Even Mariah Carey was like, yeah, I mean, you're a little bit of a diva. And Megan was like, oh, my God, do you see me? Do I seem like a diva? Yes. Yes, lady, you do. You seem completely out of touch. Everything you've done. You're a D-League actress. Like, she wasn't, like, Suits was not that popular. Let's all be very clear. She wasn't the lead either. Right? Like, I, I... I can't feel bad for her because it's not like she is out here trying to better the communities. She went to Uvalde for a photo op. Like she is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez down at the southern border. Yep. She is in this for her. At least that's what it seems to the public. And I tell you this much. Princess Diana, God rest her soul, 25 years gone, never seemed like she was in it for her. Even when the royal family was brutal to her. And she was a kid. When she married Prince Charles, a kid. I think she was like 19 or 20. 
And she always seemed like she was out being selfless. And Megan wanted to look like that. But Diana was true to that. And everybody can smell a fake and a fraud. Megan's a fake and a fraud. Well, yeah. And again, she's getting all of her money from normal people watching her show and listening to her podcast. That's what she's going to, you know, continue to keep buying $15 million mansions with. Um, I can't feel bad. It's so frustrating to just that level of like, you know, when you're window shopping and you can't afford, and it's like a very, that is a very normal thing. But I, how many people listening to this podcast when they go on Zillow, they're, they're just looking at basic homes, not, <laughs> not like the $15 million homes, but they're like, I would like like a two bedroom anywhere near like a city. You know what? It, it's uh, if you've ever watched say yes to the dress, they're like, never try on a dress outside your budget because you're going to fall in love with it and you're not going to be able to afford it. So you shouldn't do it. Um, but nobody feels bad for the girl who doesn't listen and tries on the $10,000 dress she can't afford because her budget was a grand. Yeah. And like, no one feels bad for Meghan Markle because she had to get a freaking job to afford a $14 million home. Yeah. Cause no one feels bad. For I'm her. not going to, I'm, I don't even know where they lived before, but I'm assuming it wasn't. They lived at Kensington bad. Palace. Yeah. I'm assuming it was a pretty nice, nice spot that they had. Uh, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the Royal castles are a little dated. And that they're not always like the nicest, but also they had their own cottage that she spent millions of dollars of the royal family money updating, and then was like, you know what, we're out. Yeah. Plus, I'm pretty sure they can stay at whatever hotel they want, wherever in the world, to do whatever. Yeah. It's it, it is. I again, I I don't know. It's it's just frustrating, and and like, I do hope that these headlines continue because she shouldn't really be taken seriously when it comes when if this is the content of her being like really sucked when I couldn't afford that $14 million mansion. If this is the best she's got, man, uh, tough. I know. I, woe is me. No one ever feels bad for the rich person. Nobody. I'm sorry. Um, all right. Last up. Mailbag. Yeah, we got a mailbag. We got a mailbag. Um, all right. Dear Aaron and Christian, I hope you're having a great summer. Hags or hackas have a great... I don't know what hackas means. Oh, kick. Maybe it means a kick our summer. Have a kick, yeah. Oh. That's what I'm assuming. I told you we should have wrapped it up earlier. <laughs> it wasn't going to get any better. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm fired up. It's time to abolish the IRS. We started this nation because the Brits kept reaching their grubby paws into our pockets, taxing everything that moves. During Washington's tenure, Americans literally turned on him because of a tax on whiskey. Now we're good with 87,000 agents questioning why my gam gam sent me money on Venmo. I say thanks, but no thanks. Abolish the IRS today. That's all I'll be talking about for the next year. Sincerely, friend of the pod, Dave. Yeah. I mean, we don't need 87,000 more IRS yeah, no, agents. Yeah, no notes on this one. I'm, <laughs> I, stand, I stand by. I um, agree with this. I agree with this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that really annoys me about the IRS and the federal tax system. It's a, it's a guessing game. They're like, we need you to file your taxes. You're like, well, how much do I owe you? And they're like, well, you got to figure that out. And they're like, well, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know the number, but we're not going to tell you until you file. And then we'll tell you if you got it right or wrong. How, how is that a functioning government entity? And now you have 87,000 more agents who are apparently armed. If you're filing taxes, why do you need a gun? This just seems banana nuts. Um, but also I shouldn't have to guess what my, how much I owe in my taxes. I should be able to say here. And you say, ah, yes, this, and it shouldn't be all these games. And I shouldn't have to be worried that you're going to pull a gun on me or I'm going to go to jail because I filled out my form wrong and didn't tell you about some Venmo transaction from whatever the hell. Yeah. 
Uh, the Wall Street Journal wrote a really good opinion piece last week or earlier this week uh, talking about how the IRS Taxpayer Advocate Office, uh, there's they have a backlog of about 35 million requests. That's delaying a lot of people's refunds, refunds which obviously the government genuinely owes them. It's not the government's money, it's your money. Um, so like the IRS certainly needs help, but um, there's no reason to believe that all these new agents, again, are going to solve these problems if the focus is actually more on enforcement. Uh, it takes, on average, hold time to get a hold of somebody at the IRS is, IRS is 23 minutes. Like, these types of things, this is not an agency that, de- like, it's not an agency that demands more money. It's an agency where we should already be spending the money better if it's clear that 35 million backlogged returns are out, th- like, just, just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, and like, they'll be like, they'll be like, you have to pay your taxes on this exact day, or we will send you straight to jail. Yeah, and uh, but they're like, we'll get you your tax return when we're ready. Yeah, and, and but de- I'm not going to tell you when. And Democrats basically begging for all of this more cash, holding this kind of above your head, being like, no, we'll fix all these problems. I mean, maybe, but more government is not the we, answer. Yeah, how are we? It's, it's just it strains it strains credibility. So yeah, I'm I'm anti IRS as well. Yeah. I join. It says it's not. Yeah, we're here. We're here for it. Well, that's it. That's all we got today, folks. That'll do it. That'll do. Make sure you send in any mailbag items that you would like us to cover. Yep. Any other government agencies you want to abolish, we'll talk. We'll talk. Department of Education, you want to abolish it? Let's talk. Yep. Uh, Rick, Rick Perry's like, damn. <laughs> that one. That my one. one chance. Those damn painkillers really got me. Oh, man. I saw Betsy DeVos on Newsmax yesterday, and she was like, yeah. The Department of Education should be abolished. She was like, President Trump and I were actually kind of working on it. I was like, oh, you were the head of that agency. Good for you. Yeah. Tear it down from the inside. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Mailbag at tagstrategies.co. Send in your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, maybe a recipe or two. I don't know. What are you feeling? Your Send bets of the week. Your bets. Do you have any college football bets? I'm all ears. On I, Wisconsin. I need help. Yeah, well, uh, you should check out OutKick. They've always got good. I don't know how good, but you know, they've always got stuff. Yeah. That's my, that's a concern. You know, <laughs> you know what? I can't speak. You know, my husband does the gambling. I don't Yeah. Um, rate review, subscribe and leave us a little note on the old, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us, enjoy us, leave us a little note, five stars only, you know how it works. Uh, and join us again next week when, uh, the bills will be playing. And the NFL season will be here. Should I wear Zubas on Thursday? Yeah, why not? I'll wear I'll wear my custom my custom Buffalo Bills jersey, and just only respond to people with "Hey." It's a good one. Let's go Buffalo. It's the shout song. It's the song they play when we score touchdowns. It's pretty cool. Oh well, we'll have to do a quick education. Yeah, uh, on this one. Um, All right. Talk to you guys later. Go get them. Goodbye. Go Bills. The Bills make me want to shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now. Come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout it right now, baby. Come on, come on. Come on and shout. Buffalo's happening now, we're on the 